Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yeah, yeah. Where I come from. Inside the 1 o'clock hour, my final hour of this show on the fan. I was going to say tonight, I was going to say today, you know, we always get crossed up once it turns to the next day. It's the last hour of my show this morning, but I'll be back on later tonight after the Nets game. Probably like 10.30, 10.45-ish. But a couple things to hit on. You just heard Marco come in with the update, and you heard a little bit of Brian Cashman. I'll give E-Man some seconds to... You know, pull the audio up, but I just feel like Yankees fans are split on this. I heard C-Mac today kind of defend Cashman um, as far as say, like, you know, what was he supposed to say? <laughs> I'll tell you what I think he was supposed to say. Let's play it. Well, New York's a tough grading system, so the only A you get is if you finish finish with that trophy in hand. Otherwise, you get an F. There's nothing in between. <laughs> so so it, remains, it remains to be seen. Um, it was funny. I was just talking to Omar Minaya, who's you know, one of my special assistants. And so last, last night we were having a little dinner and I was talking with him and my son, Teddy, and I'll just tell you this real, real quick, but he said, uh, I, I, you know, we're talking about how the season ended and I was like, where did, how far did we get? You know? And, you know, it was like, we got, we got knocked out. Was it in the first round, the second round? And, and Omar was talking to me about it today. He goes, man, he's like, you guys are in it so much. You can't even remember what happened. I'm like, well, I was like, you know, to be quite honest, quite honest Omar, we, we, the truth was, in the end, we had four games short of a World Series appearance, but it felt like the way our fan base reacted in the press that we got, you know, we got knocked out in the first round. But yeah, you know, so you can't re- really remember sometimes reality versus the perception. And the perception was we 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 didn't do well, and and the reality was we had a hell of a, another run at it, but but fell short. So that's just the New York market, bro. What? I think you've got it backwards. The perception is everyone laughed at the Yankees, right? The Yankees were swept. And those last two games in Yankee Stadium were pitiful. Oh, Cash, did you forget that game four of the ALCS? People were able to get in there for about $20? Oh, you forgot how the season ended. How far did we get? Uh, you, You got so far that you took a step backwards. You were owned by a team that has been owning you since 2015. Your fan base had to watch those guys who we hate, right? Those same guys that when they ask you about not winning a World Series in 13 years, you like to bring up the fact that, oh, we don't know what what would have happened in 2017. We know what would have happened. You wouldn't have hit the same way you didn't hit this October. And... Beating the Guardians in five games in the ALDS, that's that's not impressive. You had a first-round bye. Came just short of winning 100 games, but you had the first-round bye. Congratulations. First year you could get a first-round bye that you successfully did that. But wait, Cash, did, did you also forget that the team was collapsing for a little while? The dog days hit. The dog days hit and the injuries hit and the team couldn't hit. And the team was losing games, right? This is a team that in the beginning of the season, they were comparing to every great Yankees team of old. Every World Series champion. We did that for the first two, three months of the season, it felt like. April, May, June. Then in July, it got a little weird, right? You lose Mike King. And, 
You start losing at home to teams like the Cincinnati Reds. And you go on the road and you're getting swept by the Cardinals, who are a good team. But, like, did did you conveniently forget all of that? That winning 99 games, you were projected to win over, like, 110 games at one point. So don't talk about perception. Don't talk about the fans. The fans are disappointed because we're also coming off of 2021, which was an up-and-down year where you got bounced in a one-game wild card to another rival, the Boston Red Sox. We all know what happened. We all watch. You have the most passionate fans. And I say that because I was with them this past Saturday and Sunday at American Dream at the Pinstripe Pride event, which felt like a Yankees fan fest. But the Yankees don't do fan fest anymore, folks. From what I hear, they used to in the 80s and 90s. But I guess the family got too big, right? And the fans witnessed the core four dynasty. And then there was too many fans, right? The fam turned into clients and patrons and customers. Well, Brian, the customer is always right. So if the customer says you failed, then you failed. You are the one, you, the Steinbrenner family, the players that put out there every single year. We're trying to get back to the World Series. We're trying to win a World Series. We're trying to bring a parade back to New York. It's all about winning the title. You put that out there. We're coming up on spring training. I'm going to have to listen to Josh Donaldson and IKF and Aaron Hicks talk about winning a championship for the New York Yankees. We don't even talk about chase for 28 anymore because it doesn't feel like we're chasing. It feels like it's so far away. We got to almost get lucky and luck into one. So the, the way that Brian Cashman chose to go on Chicago Sports Radio, which is under Odyssey, right? I guess a, I've been on that radio station. They've had me on as a guest, so I guess it's a brother-sister network. The Score 760, he gave them that story. He said, oh, let me tell you this story real quick. He gave them extra information. That had to be for a reason. Cashman's not a dummy. He wanted to send a message over there. Why not do it here? You've been on the fan. Call in and talk to Craig and Evan. Say some of the same things. And I get it, right? C-Mac defended him and said, oh, you know, what is he supposed to say? Listen, there is no second best prize. There is no consolation. There is no participation trophy. You are the 27-time New York Yankees. You're supposed to have home field advantage. You couldn't because you unraveled late. You're pitching Clark Schmidt in the biggest games. You didn't even have Oswald Peraza on the ALDS roster. You're asking him to start at shortstop in the American League Championship Series? So don't be looking at us. Don't be wondering why we feel like you failed. Don't don't look at us and think that our reaction to your shortcomings was an overreaction. It wasn't. You couldn't get one game off the Astros. So don't pretend like you were four games away from the World Series. You got swept. And if if there was a fifth game... (laughs) You probably would have lost that game, too. You had nothing at the end. This is New York. Everything is hard. Everything is tough. The fans go hard because our life is tough. Just living around here, just buying a ticket to go see the team. It's like mixed messages, man. I don't get that. I don't understand why he felt the need to go put that out. Win a World Series for these fans so that the world can see how big the Yankees fan base is, how crazy the Yankees fans are. We are crazy. We're lunatics because we're all going to be there on March 30th yelling and screaming for this team, thinking this team can get back to a World Series. Did they improve the team this offseason? Carlos Rodon, count it. But you ended up giving all this money to Judge. Good job. Am I supposed to pat you on the back? No, you should have had Judge signed. It should have never came to this. I said earlier today, the Yankees didn't have a good season last season. Judge had a good season last season. Despite Brian Cashman. And then he went out of his way to talk about how he didn't like how Cashman handled it. So I don't know what Cash is on. Hopefully Brian Sabian and he mentioned Omar Minaya being with him. Hopefully they can, I don't know, help him out. Give him another, uh, you know, another source of, I don't know. I I really don't know. I just, that, that whole thing rubbed me the wrong way. And maybe Yankees fans are blowing it out of proportion. But for him to say, I felt like the way our fan base reacted, it felt like we got knocked out in the first round, you might as well have. 
the, we, we watched, Brian, the whole season in the American League. It was us and the Astros. We knew who we would eventually meet. You don't get a prize for beating the Guardians. People can't even name the Guardians. You don't get a prize for that. You're so, you should have beat them in three games. You struggled to do that. And then that impacted you going to Houston the next day after you beat the Guardians. So I don't think we overreacted. And I, I think the reaction was fair. And I think if you have this loser mentality like that, then we can't expect to win a World Series anytime soon. Luke is in Greenwich on the fan. You got it, Luke. Go for it, man. Yeah, Casey. Yes. The, hell, the nail right on the head. I mean, like, what is he saying? Um, just in terms of... Well, Luke dropped off. Yeah, what is, what is Cashman trying to say? I don't, I don't understand the point of that. You're the GM of the New York Yankees. Earlier I said, oh, Brian... Are the fans starting to get to you? That means it's time to hang it up. You just signed a four-year extension. Were your feelings hurt because the fans said that you didn't deserve the right? Like, Brandon Tierney had a drop. He says, Brian Cashman doesn't deserve the right to build this team moving forward. Something along the lines of, like, like do you, is, it, is it getting to you, Cash, that you've come up short all these years and that the microscope is on you? You built this team. We have Aaron Hicks playing in the American League Championship, bro. The same guy that on Jeter night cost us some runs because the ball hit his glove and he didn't. He thought it was a foul ball. You can't have guys like that playing on a championship caliber team. We watch baseball. The Astros, they, they cross their T's, they dot their I's, they're on their P's and Q's. And they've got you completely figured out. You think you're the smartest guy in the room. You think your analytics nerds got it down. You think you've got some type of formula. You don't. You don't. And guess what? There's a new sheriff in town. Steve Cohen is here. And Steve Cohen is set on winning a World Series and nothing else. You don't hear Steve Cohen talking about, well, the team almost won the division. The team won a game on the wild card round. It was a failure, and they know that. So he's coming back. And what did he do this offseason? Reloaded, retooled. We're going to go right back and try and win. And we're going to sign a couple guys here. We're going to keep our guys like Edwin Diaz. We're going to keep our guys like McNeil. And we're going to improve the stadium. Give me a bigger scoreboard, please. Bring the uh, fences in. There's plans to put a casino out there. They're supposed to be bringing McFadden's back. And he had an article today that Jeff Passan wrote, and I was just reading some of it. And Cohen is now getting to the point where it's like he will not be stopped. He came in kind of modest, kind of quiet, kind of like happy to be here as a billionaire that's now become an owner, living a dream of a fan owning a team, not trying to ruffle any feathers of other owners. <laughs> that's done. He doesn't care. He's looking at these other owners like, hey, if you can't spend to make your team better, look in the mirror. He said, I didn't know I was going to have to spend like I did. I actually was a little naive in that regard. But once I got comfortable and realized, okay, what's it going to take to put a great team on the field? I still had to make a commitment to the fans and to baseball that I was going to come in and do this thing and turn this thing around. I came in saying I'm all in. I'm keeping my word. So now you got to deal with that in your own city, in your own town, right? Now you got to deal with the guy they're saying is the modern-day George Steinbrenner. I don't like when they say that, but it's kind of true. This guy is doing everything. I just was reading an article, and I'm never paying for ESPN+, Plus, but he wants to improve the team in every way that he can. Technology. If some other team is, is using some type of technology, Steve Cohen wants to be in on it. If there's a way for him, he's, try, he's trying to make sure they win the World Series, not just by buying players. He's trying to improve the fan experience, right? All of these fans, you're talking about the fan base overreacting with the Yankees coming up short? Well, every day, a young kid is picking up that royal blue cap and saying, I'm going to City Field. I'd rather be a Mets fan. You got to compete with that now. Two years after buying the Mets for $2.4 billion, Cohen is settling into a number of character types. He's, he's becoming like a, a baseball Bond villain. 
This guy will not be stopped until he wins a World Series. And I like that type of energy. I think it's good for baseball. He was quoted saying, George, talking about George Steinbrenner, George seemed bigger than life and passionate about baseball and brought a lot to the game. He made baseball interesting, and he did it his way. I'm going to do it my way, and I don't know if I'm making baseball interesting. He's not. He does not care about the rest of the league or Major League Baseball. He's a Mets fan. He grew up in Long Island. This guy wants to see the Mets win a World Series and is doing everything in his power. Cohen tax? That's laughable. What? He's, he's not scared of these numbers, right? And, yeah, I definitely had a fun laugh at all the Mets fans that thought Carlos Correa was coming over here, but <laughs> you dodged one. And then we learned that they weren't just combing through Carlos Correa's physical medicals. They were also taking a closer look at Kodai Senga. And I think they got a better deal on Kodai Senga because they looked through his records. Kodai Senga... Might be up in the air. Maybe he landed. He posted something leaving the Tokyo International Airport. I'm pumped to see that guy. I'm serious. Like, as much as I troll Mets fans, that's just giving it back to you. You know, somebody's got to do it. But I'm excited to watch the Mets. These are my Mets. I know there's some Mets fans like, no, they're not. They are. <laughs> I never watched the Mets, bro. I'm a Yankees fan. I watch Yes Network. I go to Yankee Stadium. What, what the Mets were doing, I barely gave it 30 seconds at a time. But I'm on the fan now. And I heard enough people last year, oh, you got to cover both teams. Well, you you know, you know, don't get to tell me how I cover both teams. You don't get to tell me my approach. But my approach this year is these are the make-it-happen Mets. They didn't make it happen last year. They got a guy that is set on making it happen. And I have to watch and be up on the team. And I'm glad they got an all-star team. I'm glad. I'm not, not watching... Wilmer Flores. I, I'm, I'm looking at Francisco Lindor and Starling Marte. And now they've got... The AL Cy Young winner over there. And like I said, Kodai Senga, you've heard me talk about it. I'm a, I'm a Masahiro Tanaka guy. I want to see what Kodai Senga's got. I want to see what Brandon Nimmo brings to the table now that he's got his money. I want to see what Jeff McNeil does for an encore after winning a batting title. Baseball is right around the corner. And uh, the Mets are sending certain signals out there to their fan base that I think are very good from their owner and the media availability that he's done. And the Yankees are doing the opposite with what Cashman has put out there. Anywho, 877-337-6666. Let me take this Kyrie call before we go to break. Dave is in Rockland County on the fan. Go for it, Dave. Hey, how you doing? Love your show. Love the energy always. Um, so about Kyrie, my question is this. Do you feel that players which are, like, controversial – and are super talented, they just draw you in. Even if you don't necessarily agree with their, you know, shenanigans that go out and get drunk or they say things about politics, somehow they just, like, captivate you. I- I'm a Knicks fan anyway. And I'm actually, like, I'm Jewish, I'm Orthodox. Like, I got a little bit offended. But at the same time, I found myself just, like, following with much more interest the whole Kyrie saga, like, yeah, it's a real life movie, right? It's it's compelling. It's uh, it, it it draws you in. You're like you're waiting for the next shoe to drop, right? You're, you know. So I'll say this: the only reason Kyrie can do what he does is because he's so good at basketball. If he wasn't that good, no one he would be cut. No one would have him. And the yeah. Nets were living off of his potential. The Nets were living off of the idea that there is in the NBA that you can't win a championship without superstars. Good teams are not enough to get you to the finals and win it. The finals are won by the Steph Currys of the world, the Giannis's of the world, the LeBron Jameses, the Kawhi Leonard's, you know. The Nets were living off of the fact that, or not fact, the hope that when they got there, Kyrie, like all of it would be worth it because Kyrie would have a masterful performance, but they never got there. They were swept out of the first round last year. And the year before that, they got hurt. And it just didn't work out. And... What I feel about with Kyrie, and I said this, the guy wanted so many people to forgive and forget, which is impossible. You've racked up a list of things that stay with you. We're not going to forget those things, and it's business. And these are smart business people. You can't go into business with a shaky business partner. You can't put $200 million on somebody that's a wild card, that's a ticking time bomb. That's bad business. Well, I know, but I'm saying from a fan perspective, right? Like, when I think back, like, when I was younger, 
and I watched tennis. And Pete Sampras, the best in the world, by far. But he was so boring that, you know, but then somebody else came along who was no one as good as him, but like a little bit of controversy, a little bit of flair, a little bit of drama. Yeah, because the soap the soap opera part of it is also there, right? I, I used to call the NBA the Narratives Basketball Association because the narratives are what drives it. You want there to be drama. You want there to be beef. You want there to be these rivalries and these matchups. But really, these guys are hoopers that have played against each other from AAU to high school to college. They all hang out. They work out together. There's There's really not that much animosity or beef there is. But like with Kyrie, yeah, like we're not talking about Tim Duncan. Tim Tim Duncan was also all world, but he just was quiet and would go home and didn't bring any negative uh, attention or distractions with him. Kyrie, it's like, oh no, what's he gonna do next? He's this all world thinker. He thinks outside of the box. What's he gonna say? What's he gonna post? What's he gonna do? It makes it even more compelling when he's raining threes and crossing guys up, and you know, I don't know. It's all part of it. Yeah. If I can just while I have you before uh, before you go, just to the next for a second, do you think that uh, they should trade Randall? Do you see anything major happening? Any big trades? Any big moves? Or do you think it's going to be pretty quiet over there? I don't expect the Knicks to trade Randall. There were so many other times they could trade him. I understand he's an all-star, and his value is highest now, and I think they like that. I think they like that for their own team. I don't think that they're going to use him as a trading chip, and I don't. I feel like they're not capable. Right, I feel like they don't have the experience, you know. Like I, I don't, I don't see them pulling off a trade here where you get another superstar and you get Randall out of here. Uh, it's Jalen Brunson's team, it's Randall's team. Uh, they, I don't know, it's RJ's team, and they're gonna let uh, Tom Thibodeau lead the way. Thanks for the call, Dave. I don't, I don't, I don't see the Knicks trading Randall, but who knows? Maybe like his value is high again. You, you couldn't really trade him last year when you wanted to. Now are you going to trade him? No, because I think they look at him as a big part of the team in the locker room, and uh, I don't I don't think that their front office is equipped to actually get on the phones, wheel and deal, and pull off some type of heist or some type of move to get Randall out of here and bring in I don't know a Pascal Siakam. It just I don't it just seems far fetched. I don't I don't see it happening. I think they're content with what they got. Can they move Cam Reddish? Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. We're gonna break right here. Uh, now I got Cashman people calling. Now I got uh, Mets fans calling about Cohen. We're going to talk Cohen and Cashman to uh, end my show at 2. Uh, Brian Rascona is next. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Just realized tonight is my first night driving home through the Lincoln Tunnel. Bruh. Like, yo. Why do they have to double my commute home? Double the time. Like, usually I can skate home with no traffic through the Holland Tunnel in 15 minutes. It's going to be 30 tonight. But I'm, I'm good. I'm not tired. And it is what it is. But at the same time, these repairs are for Hurricane Sandy. 
I don't um I don't know. It's hard to believe. Hurricane Sandy. I wasn't I was coming out of college. I think my wife was graduating college the year that Hurricane Sandy hit. I remember being in her college house about a mile from the beach and it was not safe. It was shaky, it was windy. That was a long time ago. That was like that was such a long time ago. They're still repairing stuff for Hurricane Sandy. Whatever. Get the repairs done. Uh I will drive up to the Lincoln and then drive through Weehawken and Hoboken and get back home. And that's my new route. That's my new uh my new move for these late nights. Not even, you know, even when it's, you know, twelve that I'm on or two that I'm on, I'm driving through. I don't know. I got to figure something else out, bro. Right, I'll figure something else out. It's fine. 30-minute commute. It could be worse. Keith McPherson on the fan. Call me up. 877-337-6666. Yeah, we're uh, about a week away from pitchers and catchers, and I just feel like, once again, Mets ownership and the Mets owner, they're putting out the right vibes. You got an owner that's telling you, hey, I'm trying to improve everything. Because you know what? He understands where he is. He understands where he is completely. And I don't think Brian Cashman understands where he is and why, you know, Yankees fans go so hard and what the expectations are. You're the Yankees. You're not the Cincinnati Royals or uh, Cincinnati Royals. They don't exist. You're not the Kansas City Royals. You're not the Cincinnati Reds. You're not the Pittsburgh Pirates. This is not a small town. You have hella resources. Everybody wants to play here. You have a ton of good players. You have a ton of money generated. I heard last year they made an extra $40 million the week that Judge was chasing 60, 61, 62. You have a ton of people that will buy those tickets, overpriced tickets, and come to the ballpark. And you're telling those people that they overreacted uh, by you being swept out of the ALCS. I don't think it was an overreaction at all. I think it was actually pretty mild. We'll see what happens this year. Don't be talking that World Series talk, right? Have a meeting with the players and say, hey, Ease uh, into the World Series conversation. Let's let's table that for August, September, if we're looking like a postseason team. You better be. Instead of going into every spring training talking about 28 championship title parade. It's mixed messages. You start the season talking like that, and then when you come up short, we're supposed to forget about all that? It's kind of weird, bro. Kind of weird. I don't I don't know why Cash went to Chicago and did that. Cash, when you hear this, you're welcome on my show whenever. But you'll probably go on Carton and Roberts, and I'm just fine with that as well. Or Tiki and Tierney, or call Boomer and Geo. Call a fan. Call a fan and talk about it. But I don't think he's going to walk anything back. And I understand, like I said, you know, not all Yankees fans are rubbed the wrong way about, uh, about what he said. You know, C-Mac defended him. And I know, you know. I get it. C-Mac has defended Cashman a lot. Uh, you know, I get that Cashman has done a lot of good things, but, like, that's his job. <laughs> like, that's his job to go find Harrison Bader. Why did he have to go find Harrison Bader? Because the center fielder that he signed for seven years and $70 million is cooked halfway through that contract. Let's go to Rich out in Freeport. What's up, Rich? You're on the fan. Keith, how are you doing, man? Great show tonight, by the way. Thank you, thank you. I'm good. How are you? Um, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, first off, I don't know how, I don't know if calculated is the right term um, with uh, Cashman's comments because, honestly, Keith, after such a luckluster type of all season, the only person that they really signed, in my opinion, is Carlos Rodon. Um, judge was a given, but for him to actually go on there and actually make a comment like that, you know, purposely after having such a weak off season, I'm not sure if I'm buying that. I think it was something that he was caught, uh, kind of off guard, off air type of, you know, type of thing, saying that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's uh biting him in the rear end right now. You he, know, he should say uh, less. He gave him that. You can hear he's like, oh, let me tell you this real quick. I was out to lunch and he tells the story. He was out to lunch with his son, Teddy, and Omar right. Minaya. And Omar, Omar Minaya and him are having a conversation. He shared the conversation that they had privately. Right. <laughs> Why? Right. Because I, I, it's personal I now. Know. Because he needed to get back at the fans in some kind of way to say, like, you know, well, you wouldn't know it. 
uh, the fans overreact. And he's in a place like Chicago where the Cubs fans have won one World Series in like 115 years. And, right. uh, you know, the, the White Sox, I, you know, they've won some World Series. I think they have two, but whatever. I just think it was it was just like like misplaced. And the wrong type of energy fight? and message like a, to send like a out right before fight? the season. Is that what you is that is that is that how you classify yeah, it's like, just a like wait, why was it in some sense? Why okay okay, Cash, if you wanted to talk about the overreaction or whatever, like why'd you go to Chicago and do it? Did you think it wasn't going to get back to us over here? Of course it was. Right, right. Well, he um, he needs to be a little more calculated with his tongue when it comes to stuff like that. Because I'll be honest with you, he's lucky that he even got resigned to, uh, to 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 these uh, to the extension contract that, that that was given to him. But um, moving on, I also wanted to kind of piggyback on what you said about Steve Cohen, um, how he's uh, coming here and basically has turned over every single rock. He is not looking to get cheated anyway, anyhow. He wants to be at the top tier when it comes to analytics, uh, player development, uh, you know, technology within the stadiums for the player, whatever equipment is available for the, for the players themselves. And he's just taking the mess to a whole different tier right now. And a prime example of that is this uh, Super Bowl commercial that he's running, you know? He's oh, spending yeah. money on that, on that as well. You know, it's another thing that shows how committed this guy is to making the Mets a brand that's not only known in New York, but nationwide. And uh, I think that's, that's kudos to him because, like you said, he's a diehard fan, and he's tired of losing. He's tired of losing. He wants to be maybe secretly he wants to be the next Hal Steinbrenner, but, you know, he's, he's doing a fine job getting off, you know, getting out the gates and doing what he has to do to basically get this team and this organization turned around. I think the signing of Carlos Beltran to the front office is a plus. I think that's going to bring uh, a, a second pair of eyes that's uh, highly regarded, highly respected in baseball to provide that second opinion or third opinion to Billy Epler. They about and I think, that's a good, I think that's a good hire. <laughs> yeah, I think what it's happened? a good hire, too. I said, I said they're about to cheat. I don't think they're going to be cheating. I don't. I don't <laughs> think Carlos. I don't think Carlos is bringing any type of schemes from Houston. I think he was involved in that, but uh, that's so far in the past. He's a good baseball yeah. guy. Like he's a baseball no, he player is. and a baseball mind. Look, look. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, I've always been like you know middle of the road with Beltron. You know, he's always been you know ever since we signed him. We always knew that he idolized Bernie Williams. We always knew that he wanted to be a, a Yankee. If the contract, the money was all the same, he would have probably signed with the Yankees and yada, yada. Anyway, he gave us, you know, eight good years, whatever. And, you know, he, he provided us something that we needed back in 06 and in and, and, and that time frame. My thing is this, uh, did he get screwed with the managerial thing? Yeah, perhaps, maybe, but he made his own bet in that. Um do do I feel like, hey, welcome home, Carlos? No, I don't, because I really never felt that way about him. But if he's going to help Billy in the front office, I'm all for it. And that's all I got to say, Keith. Great show. Have a great night. Thanks for the call, Rich. If he's going to help you guys in the front office, he'll be better at that than he was in the Yes Network booth. Not knocking the guy, but he wasn't good. He wasn't fit for the job. He wasn't. He didn't add... Uh, anything to the broadcast, if you ask me. I don't think, you know, not everybody is supposed to be on the mic. Not everybody's supposed to be on camera, and that's okay. He's a ball player. He tried. You know, maybe he wasn't ever going to vibe with Michael Kay. Uh, you know, I met Carlos in the media area this past season, and he was a nice guy. I don't think he knew who I was, but I, of course, introduced myself because I watched him play for the Yankees. I watched him play... Uh, a lot of his career, I got respect for the guy, but he's not a broadcaster. He was supposed to be the Mets manager, and that didn't happen. And from one Carlos to another, it was reported today that Carlos Correa will not play in the World Baseball Classic. He's perf he's perfectly healthy. He's perfectly fine. <laughs> uh, but him and his wife are expecting their second child, so he's going to chill. And the twins want him to chill. They uh, said they don't want him juggling family and the WBC so he's going to skip out on this year's 2023 World Baseball Classic and uh, make sure that whole ankle thing is uh, ready to go. We don't want to take any chances. You know, he slides in the second, shifts that plate. Props to Steve Cohen.
You know, it was funny to troll Mets fans that basically celebrated the World Series. It's over. We got, oh, my. But your boy Stevie was looking out for you. He was looking out for you. You didn't want to sign yourself up for damaged goods at that price for 12 years. Steve Co- Steve Cohen has a plan, right? There's some short-term big money being spent, and uh, they're trying to win this sooner rather than later, but they have a, a eye on the future. And, you know, also with an eye on the future, I, I love this ad. This is actually, I meant to look this up so long ago, I missed it during, so I guess the ad ran during the NFC Championship on Fox New York. And it was a teaser for an ad that they're going to run during the Super Bowl on Fox in New York. And it says something amazing waits. And it, it shows like an office space and, you know, like Mets fan. It was so City Field. And I guess this is an office space inside, um, you know, people that work for the Mets that are Mets fans, jerseys, bobbleheads. Mr. Met is like like going through there, cleaning. I guess, you know, I don't know if everybody's seen this. Um, there was a name tag right there for Kodai Sanga. Edwin Diaz, the polar bear, it's like showing you the players. We're getting ready for you. And uh, like somebody is working over there. The Yankees have done their little ticket sales commercials that we get in spring training on Yes Network. They're usually creative and cool. But somebody's thinking bigger picture, right? They're trying to swing this thing. They're trying to make it so that there are more Mets fans. They're trying to make it so that these young kids are choosing the Mets. You hear me talk about the Nets, right? And the Nets moving and how they had to start over and rebrand. But now that they've been here 10 years, I'm looking at young kids in Barclays Center, younger than me. I'm talking about kids that are 18 to like 25. You know, those kids were in elementary school, middle school, high school when the Nets came to Brooklyn. And they decided to run with the new team. And now through 10 years, that's their team. And the Nets have a legit fan base. I feel like when I was in there tonight and other times I'm in there, there's like Clippers fans can't take over Barkley Center. And when the Nets are playing well like they were tonight, and Nick Claxton is dunking the ball and Cam Thomas is going off, you watching the game at home, you can hear it. You can you can feel it. The fans are behind this team without Kevin Durant on the floor, without Kyrie Irving, without James Harden, Ben Simmons, without these big names. You know, we're showing up rooting for Utah Watanabe. We're showing up rooting for Edmund Sumner. We're showing up rooting for Drew Smith tonight. Kessler Edwards, these guys just played G League games last week. The Nets world has been built, and what they're, I mean, the Mets fan base is, has been out there, obviously. I've learned a ton, and, um, you know, I've learned some more about the history, and I understand, you know, when the Mets won in 86, it was a Mets town through the 80s and into the 90s, and then here comes Derek Jeter in the core four, and the Yankees start winning, and it swung. Well, this era, they're trying to swing it back to City Field and, You've got a guy that seems like he's dead set on doing all of that. And uh, I guess at this point in his life, he's got plenty of time to make sure that the Mets aren't leaving any stones unturned and that their fans are happy just with what he did last year, right? You know, talk about like, like all right, we're going to retire some numbers. We're going to bring the black jerseys back. Uh, you know, we're going to improve the environment at the stadium inside and outside. We're going to do these things to make Mets fans proud of being Mets fans. And we're going to have a team that you can be proud to watch. They want more games than the Yankees. They're just in the same division as the Braves. Uh, things didn't go their way with the first year of this new playoff format. But we're about to walk into a brand new season, folks. We're about to walk into a brand new baseball season. And nobody knows what's going to happen. And I can't wait. I love this time of the year. I can't wait for spring training to start to see who is who and what's what and what competition happens, right, and what trades get made. Jose Trevino got picked up last year in spring training. Come on, Cash. I'll give you credit for that. Guy ended up being a platinum glove winner at catcher. And the Yankees were going into spring training with Kyle Higashioka, spring training legend. What did Kyle Higashioka hit? Seven bombs last spring training? They were going into spring training with him and Ben Rortvet. That's not good enough. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's mixed messages with the Yankees. Do you are you are you trying to win a championship or you're not? Honestly, I don't think the Yankees win the World Series this year. And I'm off it. I was off it last year. Uh, I think I'm like growing up, right? Um, Peter Pan got to grow up one day. That's something I used to say last year. Like, 
when I was a kid, I did watch the Yankees win the World Series so much that I I, it, I just thought that, like, you know, when you're a kid, you don't know everything. You don't know the business of baseball. You don't know, like, you just think that the Yankees are so good and these guys are still on the Yankees that these guys are good enough every year to get back to the World Series and win it. And even some of the defeats, even some of the years where they came up short, you you still are optimistic that it's going to happen the next year. You know, even 2009. For me, which was the last one, and I listened to Carton Robertson. They were talking about, you know, Big Mac and how his life changed. You know, he's a dad now. He's got two kids, and uh, you know, he's married. He's got a home. Like last time the Yankees won the World Series, they wouldn't have let me host 15 minutes on the fan. The type of <laughs> life I was living, the type of kid I was in college, just a young degenerate. Honestly, I I got arrested with my Yankee hat on like the week before the Yankees won the World Series, and I got into it with the cops for disrespecting my Yankee hat, taking my hat off, throwing my hat. I'm like, yo, the Yankees are about to win the World Series. Don't disrespect that. Give me my hat back. Long time ago, man. I was going down the street to pick up kegs and throw parties through the ALCS, through the ALDS. I knew the Yankees were winning in 2009. The team was stacked. I got to go back and watch that DVD. I used to run that 2009 DVD so much. That used to be the movie, bro. I used to, I remember like <laughs> girls, you know, you used to watch movies with girls. Like girls in college would come over like, what are you doing tonight? Let's watch a movie. Let's watch a movie. All right. And I'm not going to Redbox or I'm not going to, uh, what was the other one? Redbox. And back then, I forget where you could get DVDs from. I used to tell girls, I remember I told this one girl we were watching Inglorious Bastards with Brad Pitt. She got all soup to come over. And then it starts off with the 2009 World Series DVD. We're going to go through the Yankees season and <laughs> watch how the Yankees walk teams off with Mark Teixeira and A-Rod and Jeter and Cano. <laughs> girls don't want to watch that. All right, well, what else you want to do? We figure something else out. Okay, I got a call. Um, I got a break, or should I take the call? Yeah, I'm going to break, take the call, and then we'll wrap up the show. Brian Rascona is in here. He's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Fan. Uh-huh. That's all I got, folks. I mean, you guys helped me pass the time. Hopefully, I helped you do the same. I'll be back later. It'll be like deja vu, another Nets game. And another Nets post game. I'll pull up. We'll talk through the sports. Maybe something else will happen during the day. We'll have something better to talk about than Brian Cashman or Kyrie Irving. Super Bowl. I'm going to get in the Super Bowl conversation, but I just feel like once we get closer, like I have a five-hour show Friday that's going to be a football Friday show where I'm already putting together notes. You heard that drop. Um, Keith McPherson at night. I always feel like I like when I hear myself on those drops, I'm like, I don't sound like that. I, I feel like I sound like dead. I feel like I sound like I have low energy. I think it's just the bass in my voice. But I said something along the lines of, you know, it's the Andy Reid Bowl, and that was written in the stars. Yeah, Andy Reid leaves, and he wins a Super Bowl. Uh, and he wins a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. It seems like the Chiefs now, they've been, what, you know, three out of the last, like, five Super Bowls, something like that. And uh, he's going to face his old team. And I think it's on him, right? When I came in tonight, I said, uh, I think it's the Eagles. I watched some stuff this week, and after I heard the Knicks fans chanting Eagles suck, I'm like, oh, that seals the deal. The Eagles are going to win. We're going to have to deal with it here. We're going to have to live with the fact that the Eagles win another Super Bowl. But all last week, I was on the Chiefs. And my thought behind that is the Chiefs have the better coach. Like, by experience, it's not, a clo it's not even close. And, like, Nick Sirianni... You know, Julian Love was just talking about him getting a free ride and all that. Uh, Nick Sirianni, I want to see that guy lose. He's obnoxious. Uh, Chiefs' Andy Reid is 64 years old. Nick Sirianni is 41. Their 22-season coaching gap is the largest in Super Bowl history. So, it's the Andy Reid Bowl. You know how you'll see the Chiefs come out and they'll do, like, pirouettes and then they break into a different formation or they'll snap the ball to Travis Kelsey, like, Andy Reid has to outcoach the Eagles, his former team, his former employer, for the Chiefs to win the game. I don't think they have enough talent to just go out there and outright beat them. And we'll talk more about it. But yeah, it's the Andy Reid Bowl. And Eric Bieniemy, And Steve Spagnolo. 
They have to go out coach them. The Eagles have all the talent. If it turns into a game where it's just, you know, talent versus talent, Eagles win it. But if they can scheme them, if they can hit the bag of tricks at the right time, pull some punches, I think the Chiefs can steal the game. But I don't know. I'm flip-flopping. Last call of the night goes to Brian in Milwaukee, Oregon. On the fan in New York. Go for it, Brian. Hey, good morning. I uh, hope things are going well. Um, I'll, you know me, Nets, Nets. But uh, I'm going to touch on it. I'm going to tell you right now. Chiefs 34, Eagles 31. Okay. I'll leave it at that. And, oh, yes, there's a reason my father called them Philadelphia. Filth, excuse me. Yeah, the Dirty Birds. Philadelphia. They're filthy. <laughs> exactly. But I had some points that I wanted to bring up, even though things didn't go that well tonight. You know, my concern is you look at what these young kids are doing. And that's why I'm glad the whole Kyrie thing got resolved. Because you look, Cam puts up, what, like 47 tonight? Yep. Summer was up around the 20s, I think. Yep. Claxton, Claxton's doing his same old thing, 15. There's a 16 rebounds. Really good, yep. Yeah, really good young talent around what's going to come back to KD when he comes back. And that's why I'm thinking, if they can somehow hold it together, once he gets there, I think he's going to like how we write his shit. That's my thinking. I hope so, but I don't know. KD, he already requested a trade in the summer. Uh, the deadline is uh, two days away. I hope that they make another move to try and appease him. He was in and out of there today. Supposedly they were doing an update on his injury situation. I saw him sit on the bench for a couple quarters. He he came in late. He left early. I hope that KD stays, but we might be looking at a uh, another trade where they trade KD and blow the whole thing up with those two, and I'd be fine with that as well because, like you said, there are young players that are about basketball. Let's get back to the basketball and not – the headlines, not the nonsense, yeah. not the off the court garbage. Like they're they're not guaranteed to win anything anyway with Katie and Kyrie. So you end that right, and you stop living off of hope exactly. and and potential. At some point, potential's got to turn into something, and it just keeps turning into the S word. So I think finally the the Nets smartened up, and they said this guy pulled this again. Okay, you're out of here. And now we'll see how KD reacts to that. Does KD right. also want to be out, or does he point. say, okay, you know, supposedly he you know, he was in and out of there tonight. He said, good fight. Uh, I think if they're able to move Ben Simmons and get another piece, KD definitely will stay. Yeah, one more important point. Chemistry is everything, as huge. everybody knows. It is huge. That's what I'm saying. You're right about Simmons. And, and Jacques Vaughn is the, the, the chemist. Jacques Vaughn is an yeah. actual coach. Exactly. And he, Thank they're you. following his lead now. Now that you have a coach in Brooklyn, if you have talented players, he's putting them in position to win. Keep cooking. And this is the whole point. He knows how to communicate it better than most of the ones I've seen. I know I'm an old part, but you, know, you get where I'm going. Absolutely. I've watched. I mean, he's definitely better than Steve Nash. Uh, dare I say he's better yeah. than Kenny Atkinson. Let's see what he does with Spencer Dinwiddie. Dorian Finney-Smith. I'm going to the game tomorrow because I'm like, I want to see these new guys. I want to see Spencer's return. I want to see what Jacques Vaughn does right away. He doesn't make excuses. He doesn't let these guys feel sorry for themselves. He expects to win. So, And, I, yeah, um, one more tidbit before I go, and I know you got your schedule. But, yeah, I'm going to try and fly back for a game here coming up in the next month or two. Yeah, you should. It, the arena, If you, I don't know the last time. you. When was the last time you've been to Barclays Center or Brooklyn? Well, uh, Brooklyn, you guys remember, this is going back way before, like 15, 16 years ago. Yeah, what I'll say is I've watched it evolve from 2013 to now. The arena is better. The fans are better. The experience for the fan is better. Like, they just have gotten better at doing things around the game. It's it's a, a great exactly. environment. And that's why I said the next world is built. Kyrie can go. We built some of this off of his back. Thanks for the memories. Thanks for the help. But really, nothing. Like you didn't, you didn't win anything here. You were missing an action here, and you brought a lot of negative attention here. Goodbye. Now we have guys that they're not doing all of that. They just want to hoop, and that's what we need. Exactly, and that's why I'm hoping KD buys into the whole system. I think he may because he's about basketball, but also he's up there in age, going on 35 right. this year. He wants to win a chip. And he's looking at it like, okay, I'm going to spend my 35, 36, 37, 38 seasons in Brooklyn. If we're rebuilding, retooling, 
and not up there with the Celtics? I don't know. But the Nets are trying to build a team that can go toe-to-toe with the Celtics. That's why you get a bigger guard in Spencer Dinwiddie. That's why you get a Dorian Finney-Smith. Exactly. And that's another one I have to touch before I go. Spence is one of my faves, and I have Me to too. explain why. It was that game, and I'll never forget until the day I die. In Indy, with, what was it, seven seconds left, he puts that thing in for the winner right at the buzzer. I was screaming and jumping all over. I was live on Yes Network. I got Yes Network to do this, like, live thing. I went up to Connecticut uh, with two of my friends, and we watched that game live. Richard Jefferson came in, and, yes, Spencer Dinwiddie hit that buzzer beater, and we went nuts, and it was perfect. Yes Network loved it, but then we fell into the pandemic, I think, like a month after that. Exactly. (laughs) David Sterling, hey, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks for the call, Brian. Y'all have to go find that video now. Let me put that in my notes to find the video of uh, uh, we did like a Nets fan watch along on Yes Network. Uh, well, not on TV, but on Nets, ne- Yes Network's like Twitter and YouTube. And Spencer Dinwiddie was the man that night. And he hit that shot and we went crazy. And um, we were going to do another one. But then uh, COVID popped up, and we had quarantine, and they canceled the NBA. So you can't really do a live stream of the NBA with no NBA games. That's all I got, folks. Brian Rascona coming up next. Definitely got some hockey to talk after all three teams win tonight. And, I mean, I guess Kyrie you hit on, and Steve Cohen, and Brian Cashman, and uh, Mike Kafka, and Aaron Rodgers, and whatever else. The fan in New York. Keith McPherson, I'll be back tomorrow night after the Nets. Thanks for listening. I got to drive home through the Lincoln Tunnel. Goodbye. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.